the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose. Our Ramsey career expert, host of the Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Julie is in San Francisco. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Okay. So I bought a home in February of 2022 in Nevada, and I'm actually renting it right now, and it's making double my mortgage payment, which is great. But I also have um, Parent Plus loans that total 178000 My daughter graduated in 2021. She's um, doing well, but she's getting her master's now, which is totally under her name. But I've got these Parent Plus loans in my name. How's she paying so, for her master's? Yeah, she is. Oh, she's paying she's for doing it. that. Okay. She's paying for the master's, but I've got the undergrad loans. Mm. And then, of course, she's got her own student loans within the undergrad program. Yeah. So your question is, do you sell your rental property to clear yes. $178,000 debt? Yes. Yeah. What's your household income? Um, so I, mine alone, so I live with my fiance, mine alone is 100000 Mm-hmm. When are you getting I married? I actually took a pay cut. <laughs> we don't know yet. We're trying to clear all this stuff up. <laughs> okay. What does, yeah. what does he make? Um, he makes about one twenty plus, one twenty yeah. plus with the bonuses and stuff. Yeah. Actually, can I tell you what I used to make? <laughs> and this is part of another part two question. I used to make one hundred forty five. So when I moved in with him, I took that pay cut. So I kind of we both want to move closer to the city, to the to the bay, and that will allow me to get a better paying job and get back to where I was before. So you took you a pay changed. cut because you changed locations. Say that again? You took a pay cut because you changed locations. Correct. Okay. Yep. It, I'm like two hours away from the bay, so yeah. pay okay. is So let, let's pretend for a second. You do mm-hmm. not own a house in our pretend world for a second in Nevada. Okay. Okay. You have mm-hmm. $178,000 in Parent PLUS loans, and I put $200,000 in cash in the middle of your kitchen table. You have two choices. You can buy a rental property in Nevada or you can pay off the Parent Plus loan. I know what you're going to say. I didn't say anything. I, I asked you a question. I, what, what it's I a do. leading question, but I asked you a question. Well, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Sell the house. When you decided to pay for your daughter's education with borrowed money, Mm -hmm. you decided to get rid of this house. Now you're actually having to admit it. (laughs) That's what we tossed and turned about last night. (laughs) Yeah. It's gone. Uh, And you got your life back. And you got your life back. For real. Really? Yeah. You're focusing on the house being gone. And that it seems like such uh-huh. a great investment because it's paying you double. You're not focusing on uh-huh. the fact that those loans are gone. 
That's what you should be okay. celebrating. You're feeling sad about losing the house. You should be happy <laughs> that you can get out of the debt. Does that make sense? And the next time someone presents an idea to you to go $178,000 in debt, just smile and say no. Even if it's one of your kids. Especially if it's one of your kids. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, even more so. There we go. Eric is with us in uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave and Ken. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How are y'all today? Better than we deserve. What's up? Love to hear it. So me and my wife, uh, my wife is active duty military, and we have been living in Germany for the past two years, and we will be here for another three years until she retires. Um, We just had our first child in May after a long journey with IVF and are currently 100% debt-free. Wonderful. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, So our plan when she retires is to uh, move to Dallas, and we're trying to figure out how much money we should be looking to spend on a house uh, when she does retire. Well, jump on Google and figure out what the median house price in Dallas is, but the median house price nationally right now is touch under 400 k Okay. And that's median, not average. Average will be slightly lower than that. But the, um, in other words, half the houses sell for more than that, half the houses sell for less. That's median. Average will be less. But, you know, three to 400 k is an average home in a typical uh, city in America. But certainly there's neighborhoods in Dallas you can't touch for that. And there's plenty of neighborhoods that are less than that. So, you know, Absolutely. it depends on the neighborhood. There's three things to determine price of real estate, location, location, and location. But, yeah, so I think you start doing some research on the area you're going to be moving to, and that helps you set some goals. And uh, Let me – maybe I should rephrase my question a little bit. So I we currently have 200000 saved. Good. Um, and um, by the time she retires, I'm kind of projecting us to have about – half a million to about 550 saved. Good. Um, when, would you see anything wrong with us if we were to pay cash for a house, if we were to spend that full amount? You called um, Dave Ramsey and a- asked him if it was okay to pay cash? <laughs> I know. I From know. Germany? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat, Dave. What's the answer? What's the answer? I can't wait. <laughs> of course you pay cash. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. Okay. And the reason I would is because now with no house payment and this fabulous ability to manage money and save money, mm-hmm. you guys are going to be able to pile up an incredible nest egg incredible wealth and be a blessing to your kids your family uh, your future family your change your family tree and many families around you because you're going to be very wealthy you guys are incredible thank you for serving your country congratulations on the new baby stack cash come to you come back to us after uh retirement and uh, in a couple of years and and pay cash for a nice house and then become very outrageously wealthy and outrageously generous you guys are amazing way to go yeah incredible stuff now here's what i want to ask you uh what is it that's behind that question he knows fundamentally what you're going to say but what's the not fear? fundamentally it's it's yeah everybody knows what i'm gonna say it's, right um, i'm really not known for anything else right um but there's a fear like is he no, saying he's just wanting to be able to tell his buddies buddies hmm. are saying i'm an idiot ah okay I was Dave, Dave Ramsey said pay cash. Yeah. yeah, I just want to make sure. Still, after 30 years of saying it over and over and over again, he still says pay cash. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. That, that's the thing. This is The Ramsey Show.
Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We could use your help. You want to help us? We would appreciate it. Since you pay so much to listen to this show. <laughs> and uh, here, here's, here's what it's going to cost you. You need to jump on and uh, however you are viewing the show, subscribe or follow or whatever it means, wherever you're watching us or listening to us. Also, share the show. Click the share button. Let some friends know about the show. Uh, or tell people about us, however you, it is you want to go about sharing it, that's fine. We'd love to have you do that. And, of course, where you can, leave a five-star review. All of that is very helpful. Thank you. Kathy is in North Carolina. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello. Thank you, Dave, for taking my call. My <laughs> really pleasure. to get to talk to you. You Yes, too. and Ken. I think that's who you said, Ken. Yes, it's um, me. I'm here, Kathy, today for you. What's going you. on? <laughs> okay, so my husband and I are retired. We're age 65 and 68. <clears throat> we live in a mortgage-free home that's valued at just under 500000 and we're debt-free. Our yearly income is about 100000 with retirement, Social Security, um, pension, and we have a $1,700 a month rental property that's your phone broke up wait a minute stop 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 your phone broke up you have a seventeen hundred dollar a month rental property it's paid for too yes okay good now you're not going to hear you again and he has like oh good he has about five hundred thousand in thrift savings that's invested conservatively and his pension and our social security that's what makes up the hundred thousand okay great so um we live in North Carolina, just off a very popular place called Topsail Island, and people flock here throughout most of the year. <clears throat> and I've been wondering if it would be smart to invest in an Airbnb rental, and the one I'm looking at is about 280 Mm-hmm. And you're going to take and out enough of his thrift savings to buy it? No, no. We'll, we'll, um, we'll borrow against our house. Mm-hmm. No, you won't. Um, no, no, an equity line or anything Definitely like that would be not. smart. You have a very good life. Don't go screw that up with an Airbnb. No, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> there <laughs> it is. Yeah. Let's, if you want to buy an Airbnb, if you want to buy a rental for an Airbnb, take enough out of his thrift to do it. Pay cash for it. Would, okay. How long so have you had this other rental? 
Oh, goodness gracious. We've had it about 20 years. Okay. Hey, can you tell me some tenant horror stories? You know what? We have been so blessed. I've only had one of those. Okay, good. Out of all these years. We've Keep had, in mind, when a, you have an Airbnb, days. you have a new tenant every four days. Yes, yes, yes. We're talking hassle factor. You're right. We're talking hassle factor. We're talking risk factor, uh, damage, uh, police being called, uh, neighbors griping at you, uh, all kinds of stuff that you hadn't even thought about. And we're talking about you're going to make a whole lot more money than you would have just rented that house. But you are getting ready to start a new small business. That's what renting an, renting an Airbnb is. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, and, and so this is not like, I'm everything. going to just go to the mailbox and collect a bunch of checks because Airbnb is a big deal. No, it, it's not. It's it's a lot of work. And they're going to tear up your property, and you're going to put it back, and then they're going to pay for it, and then you're going you're gonna to be, yeah. it, it's it's a lot of work. It's like, it's very similar to running a hotel. I mean, you don't My buy My husband your, is going to be so glad for when i tell him this <laughs> well i, I would i wouldn't do it good idea yeah if i were in your shoes you sound like you have a very simple fun clean life that's very secure i wouldn't put this beehive in the middle of it if it was me uh but uh if you want to go make some money you can make some money with this but you know that you're dealing with hassle and the only way you want to do it is to pay cash just something to share with Kathy and other people that may be getting bit by the Airbnb bug and you think it's a sure thing. Maybe late to the party. Yeah, you are because we're seeing some new rev, uh, some new revenue data here. All the rooms, which uh, kind of checks listings and revenue, uh, we've seen significant drops this year compared to 2022. Uh, places like Austin, uh, Sevierville, Tennessee, which is to our east, uh, you're seeing 47% drop. San Antonio, Texas, 43% drop. Nashville, 39% drop. Denver, 38%. New Orleans, Seattle, Washington. There's more and more cities here. And so the point is, is there's a glut right now of people who got into these as investments, much like you're thinking about, Kathy. Nashville's down. Nashville's down 39%. The bachelorette party yeah. didn't keep it going. Phoenix, Arizona's down because people don't want to burst into flames, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Austin, Texas. This is one of the hottest cities in the flames. Have you heard about the, the Chamber of Commerce? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm telling you, it's so hot out there right now. People are reading I about know, this. But anyway, here's the point. You're talking about major markets throughout the country where there is more supply than there's demand. And you can get caught really quickly. This. And there, there, there's starting to be a backlash, yeah. both politically, like people are calling zoning on it. And they're saying yeah. some, some cities have passed. It's just illegal, period. Uh, and so... I'm not sure that's constitutional, but a lot of zoning stuff's questionable. So they pull off all kinds of crap in the name of protecting other people. But it's called civilization, I think. But um, <laughs> but they uh, they regulate our butts off. But the uh, 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 yeah, so it's you know, um, the bottom line is is the Airbnb market is soft, and there's a lot more work involved and a lot more risk involved than people. Uh, ascribe to it if you properly address the market and say given that it's soft the article ken's reading given the uh, high level of work and hassle and the risk of damage and the risk of the whole thing and pay cash for it if you embrace every bit of that and still want to do it i'm on your team go do it because you'll make a lot more money i'll give you another one okay 
if you want to make more money on residential real estate, buy cheap houses in bad ends of town. Low income rentals give a much higher ROI rate of return rent to value than high income rentals do in the rich end of town, rich end of town. You don't really make that much money on a rental. doesn't do as good. Uh, but guess what? You've got a higher hassle factor, right? You're dealing with people tearing up stuff. You're dealing with them running drugs or prostitution out of your house. You're running, you're dealing with all this other crap, potentially. I used to have a whole bunch of those properties. That's how I know. But I mean, I had one house that I paid $11,000 for. Now, this was a long time ago, right? but I paid $11,000 for it. And the rent I got on it per month was $1,500. Wow. Now you can't touch that, right? Yeah, that's tough. But I'm telling you, man, I, I had to collect my rent on the doorstep every Friday afternoon. Or they would snort it or drink it over the weekend. You know, I mean, it was like, so it's a different, you're just dealing with a different thing. So if you want to engage in hassle to make more money, you can engage in hassle to make more money. And that's Airbnb, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but if you don't, if you want something that has a, she's got a, her life is so dialed in. And yes. So, so sweet. Yeah. Everything's sitting there paid for. And she's collecting this rent and had very little hassle for, so for 20 years, yeah. only one bad story. Yeah. Don't screw that up. I, I this is a Sesame Street moment. One of these things is not like the other. You know, it doesn't fit in this equation. She's fun, though. Apparently, her husband is going to be very happy with that advice. So, that's <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. You Kathy never was know. like, I don't know. I'm going to call Dave and see what he thinks. Yeah, let's see how this works out. But there we go. Fun, fun, fun. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So, guys, the real estate market is shifting, and so is the stock market. If you haven't noticed, and most of you haven't, because 100% of the time the stock market's down, they do a lot of news reports on it. 100% of the time it's up, they almost never mention it. In the last 12 months, the S&P 500, 12 months from today, 12 months ago, is up 16.4%. If you were invested in a very basic mutual fund for the last 12 months, you would have made 16% on your money. Anybody else tell you that? Nope! They don't report this. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Well, about eight years ago, I looked up on Twitter, back when I looked at Twitter, and uh there were some guys on there poking fun at all kinds of people. And then the next thing I knew, they were making fun of me. And they're funny as crud. And some of my favorite follows on social media, the B, the Babylon B. Kyle Mann, one of the founders of the Babylon B, along with his friend Adam, uh, who's gone on to do other things now. But they started this thing over in California and uh, a satirical look at church for one thing. And church, making fun of us church people, by church people, because you're a pastor's kid. Yeah. Or no, you are a pastor, no, we're a pastor yeah. yeah, you were a pastor at one point. <laughs> My dad's so. a rocket scientist. So. Oh, well, there's that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. For real? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's not a joke, you know. Not everything I say is a joke. Right, right. <laughs> well, I'm just checking. I didn't know if you were pulling. All right, so all right. Kyle Mann is the editor-in-chief of The Bee, The Babylon Bee. Uh, around here, all the Ramsey folk are big fans of The Bee, and uh, we recommend you guys check it out if you want to have a good snicker, a good laugh uh, a couple times a day. And you ought to get something positive out of social media, so there's a way you can do it. So welcome, Kyle. Good to have you. We're yeah. big fans, man. Good to be here. Thanks, to ha- thanks for having me. So fake news you can trust. All right, did Trump steal that from you, or did you steal it from Trump? <laughs> it's ours, man. It's copyrighted. You know, look at that. Yeah. We made the T-shirt, so we own the phrase. But fake news he stole from you? Fake? Well, no, we stole fake news from okay, him. Okay, that's what yeah, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But, you're fake but we news. owe him no royalties on it. But fake news you yeah. can trust is that's yours. That's us. Yeah, yeah no. that's all us. Because you can't trust all the fake news, but that's you right. can trust this you one. Trust about Bombi. Great, great play. Great satire. I mean, you got a sense of humor. I love, I mean, sarcasm is my uh, my love language, so I love the whole thing. And you guys have come at me a bunch of times, and I've loved every bit of it. It's, we always get good response because uh, uh, you're not too hard on me. But uh, but you get a good use. Do you, of want, us, do you get, want us to be? I mean, no, be no, I appreciate no. it. I, I, no, he I'm doesn't. trying not to make you mad. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't want. I don't need anybody else picking on me out there. So, uh, but satire is tough. I mean, it's hard. hard. Is it harder to create satire uh, when real life things are so over the top? I mean, it's so weird out there that it's like reality is satire. Yeah, uh, G.K. Chesterton wrote a hundred years ago that he he thought satire would be impossible. Because real news was so absurd. You wrote that in like 1911. And you picture how crazy the news has gotten from 1911 until 2023. You know, you just, you open up the news and you can't tell if it's a real news headline or the Babylon Bee headlines. Sometimes I can't tell. And I'm writing the the headlines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's how difficult it is. Yeah. We, I mean, when I was a kid, the local newspaper, you might not agree with their politics, but it was least objective. The CBS Nightly News with Walter Cronkite was at least objective. But if I look at CNN's website, Fox's website, look at the local newspaper here in Nashville, uh, it more resembles the National Enquirer when I was a kid than it did than it does. I mean, they're, even their 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 uh, look, tone, feel, their fonts and everything, it's it's just so salacious, so bizarre. It's aliens, you know. That, that was that was reserved for that was reserved for the National Enquirer in the line of when you're buying groceries, you know. Yeah. It, it, but it has all shifted that way to where you know it. You guys probably get confused for real stuff sometimes, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've been fact-checked dozens of times. Our jokes get fact-checked by Snopes, USA Today. Of course. All, all different kinds of outlets fact-check our jokes because people think they're real. What's the most famous case of a story being taken very seriously? Well, Snopes fact-checked one of our articles that was uh, CNN purchases industrial washing machine to spin the news. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody actually checked on that. And that got fact-checked, and our Facebook page got demonetized, deplatformed, you know, all of that stuff because of that article, because it was fact-checked. And they said, oh, you guys are sharing fake news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a joke. Because CNN, yeah. Wow. The Washington. CNN really didn't do that. Huh? Who knew? Well, yeah, as far as we know, yeah. Yeah, as far as we know. As far as we know. Can't is, there, is there anything off limits for you guys? Or how, how what's that editorial process like? When I, yeah. I even hate to say editorial, yeah. but there is a, a, yeah, a is. version of that. Yeah, well, we won't be too mean to Dave Ramsey. That's our number one. We like that. Uh, we like that. That's our number one rule. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> no, use, I, use him for clicks and laughs, but just, that's just enough. Just clicks yeah. and laughs, all friendly <laughs> stuff. But uh, no, I mean... I don't think there's any topic that's off limits for the satirist. And honestly, that's why, you know, a lot of left-leaning comedy these days isn't funny anymore because right. they have so many no-fly zones, things that they won't make fun of, that it doesn't surprise you anymore. Yeah. You know, imagine if they were to make fun of their own worldview, you know, things yeah. in their own worldview. It would be shocking because they don't do that. Yeah. 
you know, so I think you do need to be able to make fun of yourself. You do need to be able to make fun of things in the culture. Um, I mean, I, I just think the main the main guideline that we use is that if we're making fun of a serious topic, like we're trying to call attention to a really, you know, heavy topic like abortion or something along those lines, then our jokes are going to be that much more serious. You know, we don't want to make people think that we're making light of those things. Sure, right. So that's kind of one of the one of the guidelines that we yeah. use. Yeah, wow. so but you are an equal opportunity offender. I mean, you go after just about everybody in yeah. one way or another. I mean, you make fun of Fox or CNN, you yeah. right or left uh, issues, yep. or uh, you know, uh, you know, conservatives do this, or or uh, you know, lefties do this, or whatever. I mean, you 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 get on there. It's fun. Yeah, well, and you have to like. I think to be a good satirist, you have to first be able to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to make fun of your own, and that's what you know. That's what made the Babylon Bee get so popular so fast. Because we were writing the the jokes about the worship leaders who wear the V necks and all that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And, and our friend Dave Ramsey here. Yeah, yeah, you know those kind of jokes showed people like, hey, they're not afraid to make fun of themselves, and that kind of gives you the yeah. right to then go after the other side a little bit too. All right, so I got to know this: if you look to the recent past or maybe a hundred years ago, as a satirist, who would you have loved? to been in the public scene now where you could have taken a crack at them? <laughs> Whether that be in the faith-based world, politics, sports, what, what comes to mind when I ask you that? Yeah, so we launched, we launched like right at the end of the Obama administration, you know? And so we were kind of like during the Trump-Clinton year, so we did kind of launch it in the perfect time when it was like you could make a, a lot of good fun of Trump if you had a good sense of humor about him, and you can make a, a lot of fun of, of Hillary, obviously, too. Right. Um, so we launched it kind of that perfect time, but yeah, the last... The last hundred years, I mean, it would have been great to be around in the '80s with Reagan. Yeah, and, I mean, the Clinton years, you got people had so much fun with on SNL. But that's back when SNL used to make fun of both sides, and you know they would back when SNL was funny. Was <laughs> right back when the late night people would make fun of both sides. You know, George W. Bush obviously was great for humor, just with his mannerisms. And oh yeah. So we kind of missed out on a lot of that. But at the time, there were comedians covering it. You know, there was yeah. the SNL and the late nights that were actually doing that stuff. You so. know, I, I remember him telling a story when I was interviewing him about strategery. Yeah, yeah. He, he thought he actually thought he he said I thought I did say that, and he was talking to the writer at at Saturday Night Live, Lauren, whatever, or the producer, yeah. Yeah. and Lauren said no. George, I said that. I said you said that, but you never really said that. And he he owned it. He thought I, he said I thought I said it. It was the funniest thing ever. And so, yeah, but that you got to be able to laugh at yourself in the process. You got to be able to enjoy that ride, no question about it. So, um, how do you determine? Uh, you guys put content on almost all the major platforms, uh, from podcasts to posts on Facebook. Posts. I guess you're are you, are you banned from Facebook? No. Okay. Not banned from Facebook. Okay. All right. But uh, are you banned from anything right now? Um, we got banned from TikTok, which is, you know, a good thing in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Because then you don't have to be on TikTok. Yeah. But uh, I think we got let back on. So I don't know if we're actually banned from anything right okay. now. What, what time, got you banned from TikTok? I, you can't joke about anything on TikTok. You know, we'll do jokes about the, the tamest joke you can imagine. And they'll say, you know. Community, that's, that's community politi- standards politically violation. sensitive politically sensitive yeah. you know what's crazy about that is they won't let you make fun of anything but they'll let kids go on and say stupid crap about yeah. time blindness yeah. and how she's mad at her <laughs> boss that. this is the latest rage time They'll, oh this will make dave's head explode i'll have to tell him during the commercial yeah. break oh, have to go God. deflate him after he that. can't handle it on the yeah. air it's too much okay. but they'll let kids rage yeah but you can't make a joke yeah well that's part of the danger of social media and algorithms who's controlling the algorithm and controlling what we see we already know that with TikTok, you know, they, they change the algorithm based on who you are. If you're in America, if you're in China, yeah. they, the algorithm is different based on wow. what they want to produce in the culture. So so how do you guys with all those different platforms determine which piece of content worked? Um, I mean, there, there's some, there are some social media platforms where 
uh, a certain joke will hit a little little bit better. Like for a long time, Twitter was kind of the political space where yeah. po- politics jokes did well. Yeah, you're a big hit on Facebook and Instagram for yep. us. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. I love it. <laughs> That's good. Okay, good. So good. yeah, it just depends on the audience and where they are. Well, we're just here to serve. I'm saying, yeah. right. <laughs> Dave, you're huge on the gram. <laughs> you're huge on the gram, as the kids That's say. That's it, and <laughs> huge on the B, baby. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Babylon B, Kyle Mann. Thanks for stopping by, brother. We love your work. It's a lot of fun you guys if you haven't followed it jump in and follow you'll get a laugh and uh, you might get offended and that'll be good for you too just laugh your way through it you gotta love it the babylon b check it out this is the ramsey show Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Janet is in Boise, Idaho. Hi, Janet. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Ken and Dave. It's a pleasure. Ours, too. How can we help? Yeah, so I'm calling today just to see how we, as we, as, uh, me and my husband, can get ahead of our bills. It seems like every single month, we pay our bills three weeks after the due date, and then a week later, they're due again. So we've tried, <laughs> you know, budgeting and just trying to get ahead, and we just can't seem to get that curve. Um, so we're just calling to see what tips and tricks you could provide for us. Okay. What's your household income? It's about 75000 gross. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how much debt do you have not counting your house? 39000 On what? On uh, student loans of 24000 5000 in credit cards, and a 9000 or 10000 on um, the RV, a travel trailer. <clears throat> on a trailer. Okay. And you make seventy five k a year. That's right, between the both of us. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So where do you think your money is going? Well, I know that it was going to a lot of eating out. Um, I actually just got my husband on board about two months ago to do like the baby steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it probably by myself for like a whole year mm-hmm. um, ever since. And it seems like actually we've been on this momentum of just being behind for like the last year. Mm-hmm. And we're just sick of it. I'm tired of handling it. So I have him stepping in on the finances as well as just really, you know, being careful where our money is going. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've tried for the last two months, we've just been, you know, paying every single week. Um, Could we get paid every week? So that's kind of Okay, helpful. so if I sat down with you and your husband sure. with, with a yellow pad at the kitchen table and I said, okay, this is what you have coming in this week. Let's, let's map mm-hmm. out where every one of those dollars is going. This is what you have coming in the next week. Let's map out where every one of those dollars is going. Let's map out. You, you should have enough with the numbers you gave me. We should. Yeah, we should. And that's, but, that's you're, where you're, we're, but you're not doing that. Right. There it is. Okay. So you need, you need to sit down and you can jump on every dollar, but the number one, the first thing is the two of you have to do this together, not turn it over to him because he, because he can do it and you can't do it. That's not true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Both of you together need to do this because what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to decide not to do a bunch of stuff you're doing now that does, that doesn't matter as much as getting in control matters. 
Right. I want to get in control more than I want to go out to eat. I want to get in. I want to get out of debt and have a life more than I want to go on vacation. Uh, I, I want to get in control more than I like this travel trailer. I want to get in control more than. And I'm sick and tired of living stress to stress to stress to stress to stress with no hope, feeling like a rat in a freaking wheel. And when right. the and both of you. There. When both of you are saying that, and then you put numbers to that, and you say, okay, this week on Friday, we get a check for X. The following Thursday, we get a check for Y. The following Saturday, we get a check for Z. And you write that down, and you plan out every one of those dollars and where every one of them are going because the water bill is due on the second week, the house payment's due on the first week. The uh, student loan payments due in the third week. And we're going to figure out what's coming out. We're going to take this much for food, this much for food, this much for food in the four different weeks. And we're going to allocate every one of those bills to a certain week and some of them across weeks so that we have enough money to take care of them. And every dollar has an assignment on paper on purpose before the month begins we agree on it and spit shake and pinky swear and then we don't do anything else with money except what we freaking wrote down right and it seems like we've been doing that for the last two months but we can't catch that curve we can't get out so so you write it all down and you don't have enough no we do have enough but it seems like it's gone every single week now if you wrote it down to have enough and then you did something else other than what you wrote down Well, I guess where we're struggling is just like every time we do try to, we pay, we get our bill every single, you know, whatever, a month, we pay it once a week. And, but we have so many little ones, it seems like we just don't know where they're not all written down. Yeah. We need to prioritize them better. Every one of them on paper, on purpose in a certain week, this is a week one bill. This is a week four bill. This is a week two bill. Different bills have different weeks, and they all go within the income of that week. And then when the check comes in, the check is already spent. So you can't do anything except what you wrote down. You are not managing to the budget. You're writing it out as a hypothetical and then going doing what you used to do. Right. And you're not focusing on it. But listen, Jan. I'll tell you how you've got it. That'll actually, get you ahead. Just what act. I told you. Yeah. If you you won't write down not getting ahead, you'll yeah, get ahead as soon as you do that. Like you've got example, room in this budget. Yeah, you do, yeah. You're disorganized and chaotic. Yeah. And right. when you give every single, if I paid you a hundred thousand dollars a year to pay these bills exactly on time, and you had no emotional tie to them whatsoever, and you would look at this family that this distant family over in Boise, Idaho, and tell them to quit going to freaking restaurants. I don't care how tired you are. No whining allowed. You're going to pay the freaking bill on time. If I told you to do that, you could do it for someone else. Right. It's because it's not right. It's sixth grade math. You can do this. So you have got to get very detailed, very intentional, and then live the detail. Don't write it all down and then go do what you used to do. And so, well, I just, I, I, I didn't feel like cooking tonight. I don't give a crap. Go home and get some leftovers out of the dadgum refrigerator. That's how you do it. You can, I mean, we all have that. You just got to talk to your whiny self and say, no, whiny self. I've done that myself. I, I mean, Sharon, I've done it to each other. We know what it feels like, it, but you have to go. I want control more than I feel tired tonight. 
you know? And that's the biggest thing. That's the phrase that comes out of everybody's mouth, by the way, before they go out to eat or before they hit the fast food and get dog food at Taco Bell, you know, or whatever. And so it's just, it's horrible. It's horrible value. It's horrible nutrition and it's out of control spending. And so it's just, yeah. So you got to write it down and get on every dollar, download the app. And I tell you what, I'll give you the upgrade. I'll give you the premium every dollar where it ties to your bank. And we'll get you started on that, Janet, because what y'all desperately need is a detailed budget. And here's how you do a budget, folks. You give every single penny a name. Every bill has a week allocated. In every dollar, it's called paycheck planning. And you plan out each paycheck for the month. And you and your spouse both look at it. Every dollar is assigned to saving, to giving, or to a bill. Period. Every single dollar. There is no missile. There is no, uh, well, 50% of my budget is non-allocated. Bull crap. Allocate yeah. every dime in every dollar. On the paycheck planning, every dollar has a name before the month begins. August is coming. Where's your August money going to be? It's going to freaking disappear. If you don't tell it what to do, it will leave and go to people's houses who tell it what to do. And then you'll say stuff like the poor get poorer and the rich get richer. Yes, they do. Because the rich tell their money what to do. Yeah. That's how this works. And, and so you got to get on top of this stuff and lean into it. Every dollar has an assignment. You stick to it. You agree on it with your spouse and you do not spend a dime unless it's on that page on that every dollar app. If it's not on there and it comes up and it's a surprise and you forgot it, you got to take something else off because if you put something on there and you're already spent it all, now you're in overdraft and now it doesn't work and I can't seem to get caught up. Well, you're not getting caught up because you're not living your plan. Do the plan, live the plan. Write the plan, live the plan. Do the plan, live the plan. Live the plan. And it's your plan, by the way. You decide where it's going to go. But I'm telling you what I'm doing. I'm not going out to eat. I'm not going on vacation. I'm selling a stupid travel trailer. Everything else is for sale. So much the kids think they're next. We're going to take extra jobs, and we're getting control because I'm tired of being stressed out. That's what I'm doing if I'm in your shoes, and I did it, by the way. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.